Blog Talk Radio. Of course, 
Obama was not aware of the incident at the time, but since has since apologized. Regardless, the Republicans are now trying to flip the script by implying that he is not impartial to Muslims. Funny thing, these are the same people who jumped all over the photo where he was putting on a Guyanan headscarf. Now that the general election has officially started, the politics of fear has begun. This includes the fear of race and the fear of change. Do you remember David Duke? David Duke, proud member of the KKK from Louisiana, who ran for president in 1988 and governor of Louisiana in 1991, was recently quoted as saying that Obama is paving the way for, quote, David Duke as a president. He further states that this is a funny thing going, this is finally going to make whites begin to realize it's a necessity to stick up for their own heritage. And that's going to make them turn to people like me. We're the next logical step, unquote. Even some media outlets are playing into the fear mongering. Roswell Beacon, a new weekly newspaper published in North Fulton County, Georgia, has a photo of Obama in the crosshairs of a rifle, which seems to imply an assassination attempt. Although the accompanying article is not offensive, it is a cautionary piece that details how law enforcement is responding to death threats on Obama made by white supremacist groups. The artwork was drawn, has drawn loud complaints and accusations that it does suggest assassination. Also, Daily Cause, which is a blogger, recently posted an inflammatory image of its own, supplementing a post about Republican attack ads that target Michelle Obama. The site ran an illustration of her being tortured by members of the Ku Klux Klan. The image, which has since been removed, depicts Michelle Obama hanging by her wrist from a tree surrounded by Klansmen on the verge of branding her with an iron that reads, uppity liberal, unquote. Remember, elitist? Well, you know, elitist is a code word for uppity. If you want to see... Uh, either one of those particular displays, you can go to my uh, blog site, which is um, uh, carelive.blogspot.com, that's B-L-O-G spot.com, and those are posted. Ralph Nader now has thrown his two cents worth in the race spot. Nader said, quote, there is one thing different about Barack Obama, which, it, which comes to being a Democratic presidential candidate. He's half African-American. Whether that makes a difference, I don't know. I haven't heard him have a strong crackdown on economic explanation in the ghettos, payday loans, predatory lending, asbestos, lead. What's keeping him from doing that? Is it because he wants to talk white? He doesn't want to appear like Jesse Jackson. We'll see all that play out in the next few months and if he gets elected afterwards. Although the Republican Party will not use overt racial references, they will present ads that will stare voters' doubts with racial subjects. It is likely that the ads will link Obama with white anti-American remarks, questions Obama's patriotism, 
and general stereotypes. Remember that ad from former Senator Jesse Ham, Republican from North Carolina, that ran when opposing Harvey Gantt, who was a Democrat, African-American opponent? The ad showed the image of a white man's hand crumbled a letter informing him that he had lost the job he deserved to a minority. With all the racially overtoned statements, gestures, and innuendos that are circulating regarding Senator Obama's presidential candidacy, it can be presumed that maybe, quote, America is not ready for a black president, unquote. As we look at the challenges the next president has to face with a de decline in the economy, foreclosures on the rise, gas prices peaking, and shabby health care system, it is understood that this will be an ordeal for a huge job for anyone to undertake. If you reflect on the history of African Americans as slaves, they were innovative in working smarter than harder with, with overall success and achieving remarkable results. History shows us that contributions from Garrett Morgan, who invented the traffic light, George Washington Carver, who was innovative with the peanut, and Charles Drew, who founded the, um, who innovated uh, blood plasma, just a few to name, reveals that when faced with obstacles, African Americans have always prevailed once given the opportunity. With that said, is a black president ready for America? Feel free to give me a call. I'm at 347-945-7415. Again, you can call me at 347-945-7415. Or feel free to hit me up in the chat room. With that said, there is a, a lot of things that have been going on in the news in the last uh, two weeks. I actually missed last week's uh, show in giving the show, so here goes. Uh, one of the note, things that I noted in this particular uh, commentary was the comments made by Rap Nader. And um, uh, very disturbing. It's as if uh, Rap Nader is asking, is Obama black enough? Which is the question that was posed last year by African Americans, basically, prior to uh, the first primary. So now we're here a year later, and now Ralph Nader, presidential candidate for the Green Party, now wants to pose the question uh, to white America, is Obama black enough? So how is it that Ralph Nader can pull out the, uh, the black card or can define how black someone is? Uh, here's Raphnader. One thing different about Barack Obama when it comes to being a Democratic presidential candidate, he's half African-American. Whether that will make any difference, I don't know. I haven't heard him have a strong crackdown on economic exploitation in the ghettos. Payday loans, predatory lending, asbestos, lead, you know, it, What's keeping him from doing that? Is it because he wants to talk white? He doesn't want to appear like Jesse Jackson? 
We'll see all that play out in the next few months and if he gets elected afterwards. I think his main problem is that he censors himself. He knows exactly who has power, who has too much, who has too little, what needs to be done right down the community level. But he is he has brought the uh, advice that if you want to win the election, you better take it easy on the corporate abuses and do X, Y, Z. When I hear that, I say, oh, I see. So he's doing all this to win the election, then he'll be different. I'm freaking believable. There's a piece of that interview that uh, I was unable to find the audio from, but the quote he also states is, quote, I mean, first of all, the number one thing that a black American politician aspiring to be president should be is to be candidly described the plight of the poor, the poor, especially in the inner cities and the rural areas, and have a very detailed platform about how the poor is going to be defended by the law, is going to be protected by the law, and is going to be liberated by the law. Haven't heard a thing, says uh, um, the later. So now I guess because Obama is the black candidate, then he should be the authority on black issues. Make him the black candidate of black issues. Uh, he didn't ask the same thing of McCain. You know, here we go again with the Deborah Sanders. It's like uh, what I said back in March when um, the issue of Louis Farrakhan first came to the scene. And Louis Farrakhan says, is there, is there a litmus test, uh, a Louis Farrakhan litmus test? Why is it that the uh, Obama has to be asked uh, his, about his association with Muslims or Louis Farrakhan. Well, again, here we go again with the same uh, parallel in description. Is there a, a black litmus test? Is it that why is it the same uh, mention of uh, McCain to address these issues as far as the poor? Double, double, double standard. And in addition, Nader says, quote, he wants to appeal to white guilt. You appeal to white guilt by not coming on as black is beautiful, black is powerful. Basically, he is coming on as someone who is not going to threaten a white power structure, whether it's corporate or whether it's simply organic. And they love it. Whites just eat it up. Man, this guy, he really needs to go somewhere. I, I think at this point he just dug his grave and they just, they're beginning to throw the dirt over him because uh, these comments were just uh, un, un, not fit for for uh, what – well, let me back up. This goes back to legacy. You know, Nader did have a uh, a legacy of trying to improve the environment. This is why he's with the Green Party. But now he's leaving this legacy as he's getting older, as being, um, I don't know, a little see now. <laughs> I'm not sure exactly where he's coming from. But you can take these comments that he says, and you can pretty much, you know, I used to try to stay away from just calling someone racist because you don't know what's in their heart. But when you are pinning and saying comments as in that he that Obama is uh, talking white, I don't know. I mean, this, you can pretty much call it maybe a racist comment. But here again, 
I'm not sure where where uh, uh, Nader was going with this, but it is unbelievable, <laughs> unreal, and um, you know I, I'm just appalled at the fact that he's asking and basically asking is Obama black enough? And he didn't say that, but that's what it boils down to. And how can Rap Nader, who is a quote unquote white candidate, you know, ask? If someone is black enough, and, and when since when did he become an authority? As I chuckle, since when did he becoming become an authority on blackness, or who is black and not black enough? Oh well, anyway, I'm going to leave that one alone. But I threw it out there. Uh, that's that's the latest in the world of rap nigger. But you know, speaking of that too, you know. And I, I forgot about him, and I talked to him weeks before when Bob Barr first entered the race. Bob Barr, as I said before, is going to split the uh, um, the Republican vote. And um, I saw a prediction. It was funny. I, I made my prediction three to four weeks ago, if you are paying attention to any of the shows and um, any of the, the um, segments. I had indicated what the weekend that Bob Barr entered the race that he would get 9%. My prediction, I got that he would garner 9% of the vote. Uh, and that vote that he, that he will gain will come from voters who would probably have voted for McCain. Well, with that said, and noting that Ralph Nader is in the, uh, in the race too, um, I, well, going back to, I saw earlier this week um, that there is, now people are paying attention to Bob Barr's uh, uh, bid, and with that, they're predicting that he will get six percent. But I really think that that's going to go up to nine. So it was kind of uh, interesting to, to see, you know, mainstream media finally catching on. But again, with that said, and, and segueing back to Rap Nader, him with his uh, uh, being a party, uh, part of the Green Party, and entering the race, I think that uh, my prediction is that Rap Nader will probably get four to six percent of the vote. I'm still with Bob Barr with nine. So uh, if that comes to pass and, and as the polls seem to continue as they are, uh, Obama has cur is currently up in the polls ahead of McCain um, by 12 points was the last I saw on one poll by the, the largest margin. So um, with that said and nothing changing by November, but you know, it's still early, so what what can I say? But uh, a couple of weeks ago, the polls were a lot closer. So as time has begun to pass, the close of the uh, polls are beginning to uh, widen. And could those polls be widening because McCain is making comments like this? Makes you a better person, obviously. It makes you love America. I really didn't love America until I was deprived of her company. But probably the most important thing about Sean is that I was privileged to have the opportunity to serve in the company of heroes. What McCain said is uh, he didn't love America until he was deprived of her company. Now, Let's play. Let's let's call it an even score. And, and and what I mean by that, and 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 taking it back to even score. Remember the comments that Michelle Obama made, indicating that she um, uh, this is the first time in her in her adult life 
that she was proud of her country. This is the first time in her adult life that she was proud of her country. And this statement was taken out of context uh, to mean that she was non-patriotic. The pundits took it to the nth degree. She's non-patriotic. But we turn around and we have McCain making a comment that he didn't love his country. He didn't love America until he was deprived of her company. Is there any particular reason, or is it just me? Maybe it's just me, but is there any particular reason why that comment wasn't looped over and over and over, or think that comment in itself signifying that he maybe is not as patriotic, um, that he's made, that in essence that he's not patriotic too? To me, both both comments, if you just take the comments just at face value, with nothing else said, nothing else regarding the uh, the text or the uh, content of the entire speech or whatever they were making, is put out there. Then if you took those comments at face value, do they not mean the same thing? Again, is it just me? Because both comments sound exactly parallel to me. Again, Michelle saying, I'm not Michelle Obama indicated that she was not proud of her country. Well, she's never been as proud of her country as an adult. Um, and McCain indicated that he did not love America until he was deprived of her company. I don't know. Again, the, the comments sound very, 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 did I say very, very similar. Anyway, uh, Still speaking of McCain, the other thing that's been in the news uh, as of uh, the last few days, McCain's uh, top advisor, Charlie Black, makes appear that McCain's campaign is playing the fear card. I just said the fear card, the terror card. Terror as in T-E-R-R-O-R. Terror. And with that said, the comment that Charlie Black made is that if there was an attack, an attack on America, that uh, McCain would go up in the polls. McCain would probably win. Is that not scary? So is the terror win when someone says something like that? Does terror win if that happens? And then you look, you think, hmm, when the terrorists hear these comments, what are they thinking? Well, to be honest, I think that um, the Middle East, I think the Middle East actually likes the uh, uh, idea of Obama becoming president. And I think with that said, I don't really think that they would make an attack if Obama became president. Is that me or my biases showing? But uh, I, not to say that they would do anything just because McCain would be president either, but in the same token, why would they make a statement like that, that that would give um, McCain an advantage if there was an attack, as if that would give McCain the upper hand, he would look more presidential, he's the one that... Uh, Everyone would want to be president and to hold America down. 
again, it's scary that anyone would even make a guess like that. I'm, I'm again, it's, it's been one of those weeks of statements that uh, make you scratch your head and go, "What are these people thinking when they're opening their mouths? What are they thinking?" And going to the public funding, public funding. Did Obama do a flip-flop? Okay, now this, this piece is really interesting to me regarding uh, public funding. Both candidates agreed that they would um, accept public, this is back a year or so ago, the $85 million in public funding. And Obama has did such a uh, unbelievable job of campaigning and raising funds online that he has decided to opt out of the public funding that he had pledged that he would accept. And no president, I mean, no presidential candidate has opted out since 1978 since it's been implemented. And the reason he opted out is because he could actually raise more money on his own than accepting the $85 million flat. And isn't the ideal of running for president is to win? And if he had more money, would that give him an advantage to actually win? I'm just asking these questions because it would appear to me that maybe the reason that he opted out is because he wants to win. <laughs> and we know that McCain is having a problem um, raising funds, and, uh, and raising funds would help him, actually, and this is McCain, uh, run more ads. But without the funding, he would be unable to match Obama. So, hmm, could that be one of the reasons that the McCain campaign uh, threw out the flip-flop issue on Obama? Hmm, would that have something to do with the fact that they're upset that Obama has decided to opt out? Hmm, and to indicate that uh, if Obama flip-flops on something like this, then you know, he can't be trusted by Americans because he's not accepting the funding that he originally said he would accept. Again, it's about winning. Anyway, I have a caller on the line. Good afternoon. Could you state your first name and where are you from? This is Brother Reggie calling from D.C. Hey, Reggie. And what's your comment? My question is, I just came in and saw your topic, and um, is the black president ready for America? I want to know, is America ready for a black president? That is what my question was. It was? Well, well, it says it's, well, is black what, president well, ready for America? Right, and if you read, there's a, uh, I wrote a blog today. It is, uh, yeah, and it's at uh, com. Oh, I didn't ever go there. Oh, yeah, that's okay. that's okay. That's all right. And all right. I was saying for the past few weeks, I was saying 
you know, the question has been plagued by me, is uh, America ready for a black president? Mm-hmm. But then as I thought about it even more, is a black president really ready for America? Okay, okay. And, and, I think, and the, go ahead. I think, I think, I think, me personally think we need a change, but as far as okay. are we prepared for it? Because some people are not ready for good things. And then you got some people who are used to having what they're getting. Right. So as for me personally, I'm ready to willing to see if there is going to be a change. I'm willing to, like, you know, let's see what it is. What can he do? Whether, you right. know, it's to pick up on where Bush left off at or to come up with a new strategy. I'm willing you know, to see what's what's going on, but I'm ready for a change. So am I. <laughs> and and when I wrote the uh the blog, the first the first piece of the blog I was going through how um it, it appears that, you know, as the farther this uh campaign progresses, the more you see racism raising its ugly head, you know, uh-huh. it seems like that there's one thing after another every other day, especially after the general election has now begun. And uh-huh. I was indicating, like, at the end that, you know, there's going to be a lot of obstacles for the new president. You know, he's got to deal with the economy. He's got to deal with the foreclosures, the um, gas prices, um, the health care system. And I was trying to sum it up, like, you know, with all the, as history has showed us with African Americans, we have always um, tried to work smarter than harder. Uh-huh. And and bringing about, we have always been able to be innovative about bringing about change. And I kind of noted some um, inventions that were done by African Americans, like the traffic light and right. um, uh, blood plasma. The apple yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I would say even though, you know, every time we have been faced with an obstacle, if we're given the opportunity, then we always prevail. So I said with that said, is a black president ready for America? Right, right. You know what? I, I, I'll, maybe you can help me out with this because I don't really okay. follow politics like I should. But I saw something okay. that said that uh, uh, Obama is trying to help Hillary get out of debt. Did you hear that? <laughs> yeah, I'm familiar with that. And as I laugh, I, I did a show a, a week or two ago, and I said, no, no, don't do it, no. If he's going to do anything like that, at least wait until after the general election. Yeah, but right. the, the deal the deal is with that is that um, it, it's going to be like a barter. If he uh, helps her out of that, he's looking for her to campaign hard and heavy for him. But the, but the problem I see with that is I don't see her doing that. I see her saying that she will, <laughs> but I don't see her – campaigning hard for him to win because I think that she really wants to run again in uh, 2012. Right, and I, and I, don't, I don't even think... I <laughs> she wouldn't think want he, him to win. <laughs> I don't think he really need her. I don't think so either. I don't think so either. Well, maybe it's, something, maybe it's something he sees that we don't see. Yeah, because I still think, you know, with... Uh, I think Americans have short memories. And as far as everything that happened, you know, with the uh, angry white women and uh, the things that happened with Hillary and her campaign itself, as we progress and get closer to the general election, I think uh-huh. some of that stuff, at least in some voters' minds, will be forgotten, and they will go ahead and vote for Obama. Some right. some won't, 
then we'll, you know, we'll continue to be unhappy. But uh, I don't, I'm with you. I don't think he needs her. And I have been predicting all along, ever since um, Bob Barr, who's a libertarian, he entered the race. Mm-hmm. Bob Barr was well-liked by Republicans. He used to be a um, Republican congressman out of uh, Georgia. And mm-hmm. a few weeks ago, he uh, entered the race from the Libertarian Party. And, you know, there's a lot of Republicans that don't like McCain because they don't think McCain is conservative enough. Bob Barr actually fits that that, um, that slate for them. So I think a lot of those votes are going to go to Bob Barr. And I think Bob Barr, I predict that he's going to get at least 9% of the votes, which will, which will well, 9% of McCain's votes. Uh-huh. Which will put everything in Obama's favor. Wow. One more question before I go. <laughs> All right. I had to restart my show. Okay. Who do you think, your own personal opinion, would be a good vice president? Whoa. And I'm going to tell you I, who I, I think. think. I think, uh, mm, I think Richardson. You think but, so? But, but then again, you know, is America ready for two minorities? <laughs> but that's just me. You know, I think uh, Bill. I think Bill Richardson has the background. He has the uh, the um, foreign policy background. Right. Um, he's been governor. I just think it would add a lot of balance, and he would bring the Hispanic vote too. How about how about how about the Kennedys? Ted Kennedy. Yeah. Yeah, I like Ted Kennedy, but you know, with Ted being sick, I don't, I don't yeah. know if that, if that would be, if that could happen, or if he would even be considered an ask at this point. But he said he's getting, he's his health is better. I mean, he said he's really good. I'm not, yeah, I'm not trying to kill him off. Don't get me right, wrong. Right, right, right. I was, I was mad at the media for, um, for preaching his eulogy <laughs> when they, when they announced that he was sick. But right. you know, in the same token, you know, I don't, I think it would be. Too much of a job um, for too him at this huh? Right, right. I understand. You know. well, what about Although the young he guy? continue to be senator, but I just don't think it would happen. But I, not a bad choice. Right. What about the young guy, um, um, Edward? I don't think he'll be asked. Okay. <laughs> and, and I say it that way because uh, Edward, it's like what did Edward bring to the table when he was asked for um, was VP for Kerry? But you know, when he was running for president, it was a close race, too, at one time, until he dropped out. Was that close? <laughs> I mean, I mean it, 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 the only time he, he, he looked like he was in it was when uh, when they were in Iowa, because uh, Obama was number one, he was number two, and Hillary was number three. Right. And that was the only time that he really was a factor. After that, um, he didn't. He didn't have the numbers. That's why he dropped out. I heard somebody mention not too long ago that if he was still running, then Obama wouldn't have a chance of winning. Hillary would win. You know what? I wouldn't wouldn't argue with that because I think if he would have stayed in a little longer, I I think it would have changed. If he had stayed in, let's see, he dropped out before Super Tuesday, I think. Uh If he had stayed in through Super Tuesday, and a little after that, I think it, I think uh, the playing field would have changed. I think you're right. I think right. it would have changed a little bit. 
because they were too close. Right. Well, well, the reason he, and other reason I think he dropped out, I think he thought that if he dropped out, and I think he's even said this before, that he thought that at that point it would go ahead by Super Tuesday, um, they would have the selection, but it didn't actually happen that way. Right. Because it it remained closer than than anybody anticipated, really. (laughs) Right, right. Well, Carol, I just want to call in and show you some support. I'm about to. Thank you very much. Welcome and what's your, what's your show? show? Give a shout-out for your show. Well, I got a gospel show. Actually, the night's going to be my last night because I'm oh, okay. on the road right now, and I'm traveling too much, so I don't really have the time. Okay. So the night's going to be my last show. It's just Log Talk Radio uh, slash Brother Dash Reggie. That's it. Just, okay. I'm, a, I'm well, interviewing a, a major gospel artist today, and I promised her that, so that's the only reason I'm doing it. Oh, okay. Who's the artist? Do you, you want to name um, she just signed with uh, a label called Kingdom Records, who is um, Chicana Glory, praises what I do. So she's with that label. Okay. Well, again, okay. thank you very much for calling in. All right. You have a nice day. Oh, thank you. You too. Bye. Right. And, again, I want to thank the caller for calling in. Uh, we were talking about uh, – the question, of course, which is the, the main topic of the night, uh, is a black president ready for America versus is America ready for a black president? And, again, you could flip-flop those questions around either way and um, uh, decide, you know, one versus the other, which which is more advantageous. Is one likely versus the other? Is uh, Does America really ready? for a black president. And, you know, as I said before, you know, the race the race card wasn't even it wasn't even a factor in the beginning. Obama was uh a candidate who happened to be black, not the black candidate. And unfortunately, you know, as the race has progressed and um people have made an issue of uh of the color of his skin, he therefore became the black uh, candidate, and the unfortunate part is, when once he has been slotted as the black candidate, it's hard to turn the uh, page back to place him back in the position where he was as the candidate who happened to be black. So I, I don't know if that can, if that feeling can be um, uh, transitioned back or not. For whatever reason, I don't think it is, especially after. The, the looping of the Jeremiah Wright tapes and, you know, everything that was uh, the comments that Father Flager made and, um, you know, the injection of um, Louis Farrakhan and the uh, insinuation that, you know, uh, is he Muslim? And then once they decided they had the Jeremiah Wright tapes, now it's like, well, he's Christian, but he's Christian that makes him uh, Christian in a church that, um, is taunts themselves on black liberation, i.e., that makes him an angry black man. So, you know, it's, it's unfortunate how, you know, these parallels are made and how each parallel kind of slots Obama in a box and uh, places it in some people's mind as, as a one-dimensional person, and which is not the case. And maybe as the uh, election continues to progress, that will not be the case. Um, uh, again, I, I don't know if you can turn back the page of um, 
uh, the candidate happens to be black. Now, I don't know if you could go back that far, but in the same token, it's, uh, his, he's been the uh, Democratic nominee definitely changes the, the dynamics and logistics of how people are viewing um, African Americans in the uh, political realm. And with that said, that's the other thing that has been interesting in the last few weeks. They have been uh, interviewed with uh, black Republicans. And, um, you know, again, here we go back with the word elitist, but a lot of black Republicans have been looked upon as elitist. And they have always uh, looked at their party, even though, you know, we look back at 2000, election in 2004, you know, there was always, especially in 2000, there was this uh, illusion of inclusion. And the Republican Party was making an effort to look like they were inclusive of minorities, and minorities especially African Americans and Hispanics. And, you know, at that time, once Bush did, uh, was successful in getting in office, uh, you know, he uh, made cabinet, uh, had cabinet posts or put uh, Condoleezza Rice and Colin Powell in prominent cabinet posts. Um, and the black Republicans, you know, again, looked at their party as, you know, we're putting blacks in posts that, you know, the Democrats had never done so. Well, now that there's a little switcheroo, and they are now seeing that there can actually be an African-American president, and it just so happens that African-American president would be um, Democrat and not Republican, a lot of those um, uh, Republicans are now not so much looking at switching parties, but actually voting for uh, Obama, which would make them uh, Obamican, is, is their, the new uh, phrase, Obamican. And, um, uh, you know, prominent uh, Republicans like um, Colin Powell and Armstrong Williams, who are uh, staunch conservatives, are really fascinated at the possibility of an African-American president. And the fact that I think that one of the reasons, as I say, you know, you, you go ahead and throw that elitist word out there, you know, Obama has the background that, you know, that the black Republicans look at as um, uh, stellar and stellar in, in having uh, prominent political positions in which they've always felt that they were uh, more in control or having, even though, of course, you have the majority of black elected, majority of officials who are black happen to be Democrat, which, which is out of doubt. But in the same token, um, the Republicans, or the black Republicans, look at themselves as definitely a little different. So it is very interesting to see and, and hear uh, the black Republicans now making the uh, switch or, or very actively looking at um, Barack Obama and I'm proud that Barack Obama may be um, the new president of the United States. Um, again, if you have any questions, feel free to give me a call. I'm at 347-945-7415. Again, the number is 347-945-7415.
And going back to the uh, the uh, commentary that I had um, um, written, if you if you're at all able possible, go to uh, blogspot.com and the uh, my uh, blog is there, uh, which was read at the beginning of this. But when um, when I, I want to go back to some points that are that are in the blog that uh, are significant and that I had mentioned to the uh, caller earlier. Um, it, it's very interesting, you know, we're talking about um, is, is America ready for a black president and how uh, um, a lot of different racially toned things have been thrown out. And, you know, it's just a series, as I say to the caller, a series of things each and every each and every other day. You know, they're, they're becoming more frequent um, as the weeks have progressed. You know, at least during the Democratic nomination, there, there were some pretty nasty things that were said and done. But um, as of lately, it has become really crazy. And uh, one of the things that is significant that has, you know, really bugged me, I'm, I'm not sure if you are familiar, well, I played these clips in, in weeks past, maybe a couple weeks ago, but, you know, as I was doing this uh, particular piece, I thought I would revise them or, or bring them back because uh, they all have something in common. And uh, I'm not going to say what it is, but when I, I finish the clip, I'll tell you who it's, every person is, and then I'll tell you the commonality. Uh, here it goes. reality is, and I'm worried because, frankly, within the, that was Barack Obama, he just tripped off a chair, he's getting ready to speak, somebody aimed a gun at him, and he, he dove for the floor. Today, that was Mike Huckabee. All right, here's Liz Trotter. Have what uh, some are reading as a suggestion that somebody knock off Os Os Osama, um, uh, Obama. Well, both, if we could. <laughs> Talk about how you really feel. But do you really think? And the last clip is Hillary Clinton. Trying to push me out of this. Trying to push me out of this ever since I was.
clip had in common is Obama and death. Sad reality, but that's the, the commonality between those three clips. Uh, the first clip was uh, Mike Huckabee at the um, NRA meeting or convention when he jokingly, so he supposedly joked, it wasn't a joke to me, when he indicates that uh, Obama tripped over chair ducking from a gunman or, uh, on, for an assassination attempt. And then Liz Trotter, who was on Fox News, commenting on uh, uh, should, uh, Osama and Obama should be killed as she laughed. And then uh, Hillary Clinton was the last uh, clip I played, which notes the RFK gap, where she uh, said that she was staying in the race. Oh, remember that RFK, um, John, um, Robert F. Kennedy, died in June, was assassinated in June. She didn't say die. She said assassinated. So uh, the sad reality, all three of those clips actually were about the same thing. And when uh, you do my commentary, uh, going back, and the, and the reason I brought that up and played this clip, there's even, as I read earlier, a uh, uh, there was a photo in the uh, Roswell Beacon, which is a newspaper out of Georgia, which had a photograph of Obama in the crosshairs of a rifle, which seems to imply an assassination attempt. So, you know, of, of course it was, you know, obvious and apparent that Obama would get death threats. And, um, and um, I think when he even first initially threw his hat in the race, um, he got threats, which is one of the reasons that the uh, Secret Service upped his uh, detail immediately. Um, it wasn't a request from Obama. Uh, they recognized that there was a security threat um, as far as Obama is concerned and, and went ahead and um, actively um, um, put, you know, security, extra security on him. So, you know, it's a, it's a scary reality, but in, in the same token, um, you know, when people, especially people of prominence uh, like Huckabee and Clinton to try to make comments like this. You know, you kind of, there's, there's a certain section of society that you expect these type comments from, which wouldn't be surprising at all. But when uh, particular individuals make those comments, it becomes very disparaging to think that uh, their mind is on um, of the possibility, or it actually sounds like the hopeful possibility. Uh, those occurrences happening. In uh, the same token, and I, I said it's the prize shows that when I uh, was campaigning for Obama during the Democratic uh, primary, that um, you know when canvassing and canvassing with African Americans, there were people who indicated that they did not want to vote for him, or some even said they wouldn't vote for him because they didn't want his blood on their hands. And of course. Those would be older people who endured and was, you know, remember the 60s and all the assassinations that occurred during that time period. So anyway, 
you know, when we think about the question, is America ready for a black president, you know, uh, are they ready for change? And with Obama, there would definitely be change, not just change that Obama is talking about. It would be change in how um, the views of America with each um, uh, plight and segment and, and things that have happened historically uh, and change has occurred. And, and, and we can look at even as recent as the uh, the 50s with integration of the um, the buses during the bus boycott. Even though the uh, bus boycott was successful, and they you know immediately changed the rules based on the, the Supreme Court ruling, um, it was hard for people to um, embrace the change that occurred. And you know you even move further down, you know after the. Uh, the bus boycott to um, uh, integration itself and integration of the um, of schools. Again, you know, even though it occurred, again, it was hard for people to embrace the change. And voting rights, you know, the rules had been the same for so long and for so many years, you know, during Jim Crow, uh, or how especially in the South, how they would allow and who they would allow to vote. And, again, once the voting rights uh, bill was passed, you know, it passed and it happened. And, again, you know, change occurred, but it was hard for people to embrace the change. And I'm, I'm, I'm saying that to fast forward to is America – ready for a black president. Well, again, you know, as I as I'm talking about change and, and talking about how things have changed over the courses of years, it's gonna be hard for America to embrace the change. But the change is gonna happen. And, you know, this is not about the um about Barack Obama, but it is about making a change on how America views and embraces the cultures that are intertwined in the fabric of this country. And, you know, America is definitely a melting pot. And I, as I said in uh, weeks past, um, it's hard to define certain cultures with the blending that is currently occurring. And again, that is change. So again, is America ready for a black president? Embrace it. Embrace the change. And is a black president ready for America? Yes. And the black president will make the change occur. Again, thank you for listening to Caroline. I'm on each week at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time right here on Blog Talk Radio. Feel free to uh, check out my online magazine at uh, netvibes, uh, carolive.netvibes.com. 
and that's N-E-T-Z is in Victor, I-B-E-S. Uh, also check out my blog each week at uh, caroline.blogspot.com, B-L-O-G-S-P-O-T. And also listen to my shows on the go by downloading this podcast on iTunes. Or feel free to listen to past episodes by clicking on blogtalkradio.com backslash Caroline. Again, thank you all for listening to Caroline.